and welcome back to Endopod. If you're new here, hi, this is Hepsi Xavier and I'm a third year medical student. Welcome to Endopod's revision series. Each episode will cover revision material for those preparing for exams or even just for those who are interested in learning the basics of endocrinology. In this episode, we'll be looking at growth hormone and its role in the body. We'll start by looking at what growth hormone is and its direct and indirect actions, followed by the regulation of growth hormone release. Finally, we'll briefly discuss how hypersecretion of growth hormone clinically presents. Growth hormone is a peptide hormone released from the anterior pituitary. It is also known as somatotropin, trope relating to growth. Growth hormone release is controlled via the release of two hypothalamic neurohormones, which are growth hormone inhibiting hormone and growth hormone releasing hormone. This will be discussed in greater detail later on. Growth hormone has a wide range of biological activity, which can be divided into two broad categories, those being indirect action and direct action. Firstly, growth hormone is indirectly involved in growth and development. Secondly, it is directly involved in regulation of metabolism. Let's have a deeper look into the indirect effects of growth hormone and growth and development. Growth hormone is essential for the growth and development of a child. After the neonatal period and the first 8-10 to 10 months of life, growth hormone has a dominant influence on a child's growth rate. It requires the permissive action of thyroid hormones and insulin in order to stimulate growth. Permissive action means that one hormone cannot exert its full effects without the presence of another hormone. For example, children with untreated hypothyroidism or poorly managed diabetes have stunted growth despite having normal growth hormone levels. Even in adult life, growth hormone continues to have a role as it is essential in the maintenance and repair of tissue. So how does the indirect action of growth hormone actually result in growth? It is achieved through the action of an intermediate known as insulin-like growth factor 1 or IGF-1. It is also known as somatomedian C because it mediates the action of growth hormone. IGF-1 is secreted by the liver and many other cell types in response to growth hormone release. Additionally, IGF-1 controls growth hormone release via a negative feedback loop. Let's look at how this negative feedback loop works. IGF-1 exhibits negative feedback on growth hormone release by inhibiting growth hormone releasing hormone and stimulating growth hormone inhibiting hormone. Also, an additional negative feedback loop of growth hormone is seen on a pituitary level. Bone growth is promoted by growth hormone and IGF-1. Firstly, growth hormone stimulates chondrocyte precursor cells in the epiphyseal plates to differentiate into chondrocytes. During this differentiation stage, the cells start to secrete IGF-1 and become responsive to IGF-1. The IGF-1 then stimulates the differentiating chondrocytes to undergo cell division which results in the production of cartilage, the foundation for bone growth. discuss the direct role of growth hormone in the regulation of metabolism. Growth hormone increases gluconeogenesis by the liver which allows blood glucose to increase. It also reduces the ability of insulin to stimulate glucose uptake by muscle and adipose tissue. Growth hormone makes adipocytes more sensitive to lipolytic stimuli. In all of these actions, growth hormone is releasing energy stores to support growth. Since only muscle and adipose tissue are insulin sensitive, by reducing insulin's effect, it enables other tissues such as bone to have increased glucose available for uptake. This means that bone and brain development are hugely supported by the actions of growth hormone. 
Additionally, growth hormone promotes amino acid uptake and protein synthesis in almost all cells, meaning that growth hormone has an anabolic effect in the body. Nutritional status heavily influences the control of growth hormone secretion. This is expected since growth hormone has a role in regulating metabolism. Nutritional control of growth hormone release is mainly mediated by controlling the release of growth hormone releasing hormone and growth hormone inhibiting hormone. Growth hormone releasing hormone and growth hormone inhibiting hormone are both released from the hypothalamus. So if a stimuli increased growth hormone releasing hormone secretion, that would result in increased growth hormone levels. Factors stimulating growth hormone releasing hormone secretion and so increasing growth hormone secretion include any decrease in energy to cells such as in fasting and hypoglycemia where substrate supply is lowered and also in exercise and in the cold when there is an increased demand for energy. Secondly, an increased amount of amino acids in the plasma, for example after a protein meal promotes growth hormone release as it increases amino acid transport and protein synthesis. Thirdly, if there are any stressful stimuli such as infection or psychological stress, growth hormone will be released. Fourth is delta sleep, in which growth hormone levels are increased. This may be related to growth spurts in children and adolescents, and tissue repair in adults. Lastly is estrogen and testosterone. They stimulate growth hormone release from the pituitary directly, as well as decreasing IGF-1-mediated negative feedback. On the other hand, if growth hormone inhibiting hormone levels are increased, that would result in decreased growth hormone being secreted. Factors which result in growth hormone inhibiting hormone release, meaning decreased growth hormone secretion, include glucose, free fatty acids, REM sleep, and cortisol. Hypersecretion of growth hormone can clinically result in gigantism or acromegaly. Gigantism occurs due to excess growth hormone from a pituitary tumour before the epiphyseal plates of the long bones close, meaning there is excessive growth. The affected individual may even be more than 7 feet tall. Acromegaly occurs as a result of excess growth hormone due to a pituitary tumour after the epiphyseal plates have sealed. The long bones can no longer increase in size, so there is no longitudinal growth, and so no increase in height. Although the affected individual can still grow in other directions and the characteristic features are enlarged hands and feet. This concludes our episode on the growth hormone and its role in the body. We hope that this has given you an insight on how essential growth hormone is through growth and development in early life and then regulating metabolism in adult life. We covered a lot of information, so if there are any questions or queries, please let us know. I hope you have enjoyed this episode and thank you for listening in. Please like and share this podcast with all your friends and colleagues, and of course, I always welcome any feedback. Before I go, I want to say a big thank you to Tejasri Sharma, one of our charity coordinators, who contributed to the making of this episode. As always, stay safe and happy. This is Hepsi Xavier, signing off. Thank you.